This is WCNO Palm City, the good news station. Stay tuned to get great guidance on Medicare, insurance, retirement, tax planning, Social Security, 401k, IRA, pensions, including the FRS, Florida Retirement Systems, and much more. You are listening to the Financial Literacy Show with Hubert McIntosh, CPA, right here on WCNO Radio. Stay with us for the next hour and elevate your financial IQ. And now, here is your host, Hubert McIntosh, CPA. Good evening, family. Good evening once again. Wow. It's Friday at 4 p.m. So you know you're in class now. Financial literacy. But you know I got to give the plug. I cannot help it. And I'm telling you, it sounds like a broken record. But I promise you, I am in the studio. You can call 772-221-1100. We are in the studio. And you know where the studio is. We are, yes, in beautiful Palm City, Florida. And let me tell you, oh my gosh, you talk about picture perfect. Oh my gosh, the day, picture perfect, picture perfect. 74 degrees, 74 degrees, a slight wind just blowing. So you got coolness, you got heat, but you don't have heat. It's, it's, it's just picture perfect. It's just picture perfect. So if you're on your computer, Google and just look at picture perfect to find what a picture perfect day looks like. And that's what we are celebrating here today in Palm City, Florida. And you know I have to give a shout out to my listeners who are not enjoying such weather. Because you know that today, yes, it's May 7th, and we would like to believe that everybody's experiencing sunshine. No, 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 that's not true. I speak to a friend the other day. I think he was in Cincinnati. I, I think he was Cincinnati, and it was still cold. It was still cold, so... I'm sending you some sunshine, I'm sending you some warm, some Florida warm, and a little bit of heat, not too much, you know, so that you can live vicariously through us here. So, thank you all, thank you for joining again on this beautiful Friday afternoon. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA and your financial advisor. I'm in the studio today. And we have a topic where the topic we're going to talk about is the state of the U.S. financial markets. Yes, that's the topic. So with such a topic, because that topic is long and it's heady and it's heavy. But guess what? We're going to get light by invoking the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Almighty God and Father, we just thank you for this great and wonderful day that you have shared with us, not because of anything we have done, but your love, your mercy, oh my gosh, your grace, your faithfulness, even when we are unfaithful, Lord. So we just thank you. We just thank you for this day. 
you have prepared this day for us as we look at Psalms 23. Father, you have prepared a table for us. Oh, my gosh. And you even make it better in the presence of our enemies. Because, Lord, we know we do have enemies. And, yes, we know we have that main enemy, Lucifer. Oh, Father God, where is the thief to come to steal, kill, and destroy. But, Father, we're going to stand on your promises that you sent your son so that we may have life and we may have life abundantly. So we just thank you. Open our hearts. Prepare us, Father God. Father, use me as an oracle. Speak through me, Father God. Prepare your people, Father, so they can receive what you have in store for them. And, Father, we'll be make sure to give you all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we have invoked the presence, right? So the heavy topic will be a little bit light, right? So I encourage you, let's talk. Let's talk today. Call. I'm going to share some insights. going to go over and just talk about the general financial market. You know, we're not talking specifically. We may mention Medicare, Social Security, because, you know, that's a part of life. But I want to talk generality. And I want to talk about the market, the U.S. market. I'm going to share some current things. And I'm going to take you back and share a little history. Because you know what happened with us as humans? We have short memory. Yes, we have short memory. So sometimes I have to, we have to go back and we got to remember history. You know this saying that it says that, you know, history. History, history is very interesting. You know, sometimes you'll have hear people say, well, history doesn't repeat itself. But stop and ask yourself that question. Ask this question. Is that saying a correct statement? A lot of people say it. History does not repeat itself. And then, so they'll follow up and says, you know, and in financial advisory, there's a disclaimer we have to make. Yes, we have to make this disclaimer. We have to say this term, and you'll hear it. No matter who you're listening to, you may listen to somebody from Edward Jones, Merrill Lee, Schwab, whatever, and you will hear it. And sometimes you don't even hear it because they say it so fast. You know that. So what they say at the end of that commercial or that ad, what they says, you know, past performance is no indicative of future performance. So let me slow it down. What they're saying there is that past performance is not a true indicative of future performance. So what they're basically saying to you, just because something happens before, it doesn't mean it's going to happen again, right? So for those of you, some of you believe that statement, some of you don't. And so let's dialogue, call the student, let's talk about that, 772 221-1100. So, so, so as I said, some of you believe that, right? That history will not repeat itself. 
And you'll also believe this statement that says, you know, we have to say it. They, they force us as financially. If you have a license, you're forced to put that on any advertisement. You know, past performance or no true indication of future performance. So we're dealing with two things here, right? We're going to deal with, 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 with two factors. Two factors. I can't say it's a fact in the sense that some people believe that history does not repeat itself. And some people believe that history repeats itself. So I want to get your view, right? I want to get your view. So that's why I want you to call the studio. 772-221-1100. We're live in the studio. But as you call, I'm going to prep you to think of something now. So we're going to put a man on the pedestal. We're going to put a man on the pedestal. And who we're going to put on the pedestal? We're going to put Solomon. Yes, yes. We're going to put Solomon up there because we're going to use him to measure some of our statement. Because up to this point in time, unless you can tell me otherwise, you know, the Bible says Solomon was the wisest man ever live. But then again, Jesus said something. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're getting a caller. Let's go to the caller. <laughs> caller, you're on the line. Thanks for calling. Hi. Um, the question that you asked, is that specifically for financial or just in general? Well, we, the topic is financial literacy we're going to talk about. But, but it's, a, it's a question that is a general question. But I want to specifically to financial markets because since it's a financial literacy show, we talk general, but we always veer to financial decisions. All right. Well, you know, I personally think that history always repeats itself. But when it comes to the finance, I don't think that's true. And, and, and it's, it's terrible because financial advisors also know that. But yet they're still encouraging people to invest a lot of their money, knowing that the, the, the past does not indicate what the future returns will be. Ah, oh my gosh, I am so, it's, it's like, this almost seems like I tuned you up for you to call, because that particular thing you're saying is one of the things I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to start it while you're on the line, because here's what happens, partially, that part of your statement is partially true. But here's what the financial advisor, here's what they do wrong. Like you said, they know something, but they're scared to bring it to you. You know the topic that they don't bring to you? They don't ask you a simple question that they should ask you. They should ask you, how much risk are you willing to take? And a lot of times they don't ask that question because they don't want to discourage you. But if a financial advisor is operating in your best interest, he or she should ask you how much risk you are willing to take because everything has a risk. What's your comment on that? Well, that's, that is true. But, you know, for a person like me, I cannot afford to take risk on, especially on some of the, the you know, the... Uh, items or the instrument that they're selling. So I, I don't know. I just, there's a, I'm not the financial advisor and I'm not in the business, but I do think 
that a lot of people have been drawn into this thinking that you can make up the return of 13 or 14 percent because this this particular instrument that was um, that they can uh, purchase has made that type of money in previous years and i don't think it's true uh, you know it depends on the market it depends on what's going on with the oils it's like it's, it's so many things and so many variables um that we can look at so i i just i don't know i can't answer the question in terms of finance finance but i do know that it's a tricky thing but My in general when you say that um you know history repeats itself people are not learning from history obviously that's why certain things are happening all the time <laughs> My sister, your insights are so wonderful. They are so wonderful. I am going to touch. I'm going to give some additional insights on the financial aspect of it. And I'm going to point out the pieces that they're not telling you. But your statement is 100% correct. And hence, what the challenge for you and others who are interested in investing you really, and, and, and I'm not telling you that it's easy because it's not easy. You really have to evaluate the person you're dealing with. You really have to evaluate because what happened is that sometimes you don't know people's circumstances and that person, your, your commission that he's going to get might be, be is, is, is next payment, rent payment or mortgage payment your commission check might be between that so you see what happens sometimes is our reviews is just so focused on getting that income that they forget that's about it. you that's so, it and, and that's, that's exactly my point so it's much more self-serving yes they want to sell you burial insurance they want to sell you life insurance they want to sell you the risk all the risk things and the things that re required money and up front, they make that money, and then they don't really care about you afterwards. I mean, you know, it's it's really hard for anyone to invest their money uh, with a small company as opposed to going to a bigger company because at least you know if something were to happen to that small company or that person that works for that company, you can still call a token on 800 number or something and get some help. <laughs> I, I, I am going to talk on that also. You have set me up. You have given me this. You, you have given me a platform you want to talk on. And I'm going to address those two things. I'm going to address the financial advisor. And I'm going to address the big company versus the small company. Okay? <laughs> so, okay. Thank you so much. Would you mind sharing your name? Just your first name. Patricia. Patricia, Thank you so much, my sister. I, you, you, you cannot imagine how much I appreciate this call. You, you know, so I'm going to run on that floor and I'm going to address those questions. I'm going to share some insights with you. Thanks again, Patricia. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Oh, my gosh. I am telling you, hey, we invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is so awesome because... I came, all I was going to say, the state of the U.S. financial market. But even though I had a topic in mind, the best topic I prefer to speak about is the topic you want me to speak about. Because I can speak about a lot of things. But here's the truth of the matter. If I am speaking about things and it's not serving you, it's just like Patricia just said. It's self-serving. 
I don't come on here on a Friday at 4 p.m. to serve myself. Believe me, I'm here. I'm here today because I am so looking forward to seeing you guys, speaking to you guys. Today is Friday, Friday, May 7th, May 7th. Do you know that there's a tax deadline? There's a tax deadline, May 17th. And I'm here on a Friday with you at May 7th, you know. So I just share with you. I'm just, I just so appreciate you guys. I really appreciate you guys. So the, the one hour drive or the 45 minutes drive, the one hour I spend with you, and the, the three hours break is just so awesome. The inspiration that I get from you and the infilling because here it is, we invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit. And look at the first caller. Patricia spoke about two things. We're going to address. I'm going to address them right now. I'm going to get straight to them. We are in the studio. 772-221-1100. 772-221-1100. So let's address Patricia's remark. She said, it's very confusing choosing advisors are what to invest in because a lot of people are self-serving and i'm gonna say 100 percent in agreement but but let's talk about life you remember last week i reminded you guys about life happens life happens here's the truth of the matter talking about people self-serving it's not just in the financial market it's not just in the financial market it's everywhere it's everywhere but because we're talking about finance we can say that but people self-serving People self-serving is everywhere. And Jesus warned us about that. Jesus prepared us for that. Jesus said in the latter days, in the latter days, remember this now. Oh my gosh, I don't remember the verse, but I'm going to call out. You, you, you remember that thing you used to call when it says you call a friend? <laughs> you call a friend? Well, I have a friend. I don't know. He might be driving now. But this verse, man, I think it's in Matthew 24, somewhere there, where it says, in the latter days, people are not going to be lovers of others. They are going to be lovers of themselves, serving themselves. And I believe, yes, people have been saying it now for 2,000 years, but I believe we are nearing the final days. It says it's going to get so worse that children, children going to divorce parents. Parents going to divorce children. And, and, and people will be practicing a form of religion. They're going to be pretending like they're serving God. But I can tell you right now, you guys just need to look around. There are so many people now that you think they're serving God. It's just a form. It's just a form of godliness. It's a form of godliness. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, man, I just have such awesome people around me. You see, I requested my friend didn't call, but I get the response right here. So second, second Timothy three, verse two, second Timothy three, verse two. Paul was writing to Timothy 
and listen to this. Second Timothy 3 verse 2, it says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Oh my gosh. And the chapter goes on and on. But let's go back to that verse 2 again. Let's read it again. Because I think it is necessary for us to gather all of this in finance. It's finance. Just in life. Life happens. So sometimes you're going to be eating at church and you're upset at somebody. Please stop and pray for that person. Because listen to this. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. I'm going to talk about that one, disobedient to their parents. I am telling you, oh my gosh, you know, I know my wife is listening. I hope she don't mind me sharing this. My wife had an associate, right? This lady, I'm telling you, this lady, I don't know her name. The lady is a Vietnamese lady, right? And she had four children. She has four children. And I'm not saying it's because she's Vietnamese. I'm just describing her. Okay, so don't say Hubert says Vietnamese people do this. That's not what I said. This lady had four children. This lady had four children. And this lady told my wife that she don't know what she did to God. But the four children that she has, it must have been the four worst children God created. Let me, let, when you hear a mother say that, I feel pain for this lady. I feel pain for this lady, right? And this was a few years back. I feel pain for this lady. But I am telling you what is sad. I am saying this and it is sad. Do you know how many parents I shared that story with and they say that they can relate? But I want to encourage you. So just because I'm saying that, I want to encourage you. Don't stop praying for your kids. Don't stop praying for the prodigal. Because I am telling you that, that prodigal can come home. That prodigal can come home. So we who know better, we just have to do better. I am not minimizing it in any way. But I'm telling you, we were warned. We were warned. So what I read there, that was Paul writing to Timothy. But if you search your concordance, there are many like that. There are many verses like that in the Bible and in real life. So let's talk now. So we're going to put that part aside where people are just self-serving, right? So we can't use that as a measure because that's a general thing. So how do you, as Patricia asks, are questioned, are commented, how do you find a good financial advisor? The bottom line is, and I'm going to answer the question two ways. Patricia also mentioned that sometimes it's better to go to a big company than a small company. 
So I'm going to answer the two questions in one. Here's the truth of the matter. None of them is better. Oh my gosh, Hubert, what are you telling me? You're telling me that I go to Mr. Jones who has a little store versus going to Fidelity and you're telling me none of them is better? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. That's why I'm telling you. Fidelity, Schwab, Merrill Lynch, whether you want to believe or accept what I'm saying, these places are machine. You know what's a machine? You set something as a program. You set it as a program and the machine has to work. It's a machine. It's a machine. You, the individual, you don't have enough money. And I know this is going to sadden some people. You don't have enough money for fidelity to think of you as a person. You don't. Oh, my gosh. Are you saying, oh, my gosh, what are you saying, Hubert? You, the individual, don't have enough money for fidelity to care about you as a person. And when I say fidelity, don't think I'm throwing rocks at fidelity. I'm talking about fidelity, Mary Lynch, Edwin, Edward Jones, Sharp, all of them. JP Morgan. I hear people, oh my gosh, I love Chase Bank. I love Bank. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. None of them loves you. None of them loves you. You're just an item in the machine. You're just a clog in the wheel. That's all you are. I hurt. I hate to hurt your feelings, but that's all you are. And you may say, but what about the multi-millionaire people? You're telling me fidelity don't care about them? Here's the truth of the matter. The multi-millionaire doesn't go to fidelity. Oh my gosh, you're shocked? Multi-millionaire goes to something called a family office. A family office. That means it's an office where their multiple needs are taken care of and they have a dedicated person to them. And you're going to say to me, oh, I have a dedicated person at Fidelity. No, you don't have a dedicated person at Fidelity. You may have an account rep, and he's John, and you have to call John when you need something or something. But John has to do what the machine says. John is not independent. John cannot tell you about a stock that's not in the Fidelity portfolio. Or in a Merrill Lynch world. John cannot tell you about that. John has to tell you about something in their portfolio. The independent guy. The independent guy. Yes, and I'm plugging the independent guy. I'm one of them also. The independent person. What happened? The number one thing you have to do. You have to develop a relationship. You got to do a relationship. Why do you think the saying comes about that? People do business with people who care, who they know, care, and like. It has to be a relationship. Anytime that a relationship has not been established or it's coming from a relationship um, referral of that 
point, then a lot of time it's going to be self-serving. It's going to be self-serving. It's just doing their job. It's just doing their job. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. Do you know one of the set of people that I know people beat up a lot? People beat up a lot. I'm just being honest with you. I just spoke about tax. One of the people who get some bad, bad blows are people who work with the IRS. Yep, yep. The IRS workers get a bad blow. But you want me to be honest and tell you something? Some of the nicest people I've spoken to work at the IRS. Yes, yes, sounds shocking to you. I have spoken to some people at the IRS, especially in the last two months. I'm telling you this. And you're like, but Hubert, that don't make sense. How can these people be so nice during the pandemic? Ah, here's the difference. Here's the difference. You have people that their quality is going to come out during times of adversity. Yes. Because the people, you have people know what you're going through and they just want to be there for you. It's just people. It's just people, my friends. It's just people. So say that generalizing. This is one of the worst things you can do. To generalize and put people in a bucket. Put people in a bucket. And you could say, but... Hubert, isn't that what you just said about fidelity? No, you let me clarify. Fidelity is a machine. Is a machine. Those of us, we use machine every day. We, we ask our phone. I ask Alexa for things. I ask Siri for things. I ask Bixby for things. Okay, you speak to Alexa, you speak to Siri, and you says, Hey, Siri, how are you? Alexa, how are you? And oh my gosh, you will get the nicest response. I am doing well. This is a great day. Do you know what happened in 1907 on this day? You get the nicest response. But can you say Siri or Alexa like you? No. They are machines. They are machines. They communicate based on what's programmed in them and the sad reality about this is that you have a lot of financial advisors who are just like that they are programmed just like siri they are programmed just like alexa they are programmed just like bixby so they are giving you the answer that's in their programming and that's just the truth of the matter so so Patricia, I thank you for your comment, your question, but that's the bo- that's the bottom line, you know. You know where when you're talking about advisors, you know. So saying the company size, the company size doesn't matter. You want to you want to speak with someone or you I always encourage you to use a professional. A lot of times sometimes you'll even call these places that's a machine. And you don't even know because the person answered the phone and you think they you think the person is a financial professional. A lot of these places, what happens? A clerk, and I'm not saying negative about a clerk, you have somebody who's at who's at call, they're an intaker. They're an intaker. 
They take you call, they get your information, and they take your information, and then they forward it to somebody to call you. And guess what happened? You know, you know the truth. You know the truth about it. And you know one other thing. I told you I'm gonna be going around because I'm sharing a different thing. I I take a guy Ken Fisher. Most people who ever hear any ad, they hear about Fisher. They hear about Fisher Investments. Ken Fisher is, if not one of the top marketer in the financial services industry, but people in that space know Ken Fisher. Here's and a lot of people don't like Ken Fisher, but I'm gonna tell you something I admire about Ken Fisher. You know what Ken Fisher tells you when you hear his ad? Ken says, if you don't have $500,000, don't call him. Don't call him. And a lot of people will take that statement and say it's a bad statement. But here's what I do. I respect the man. I respect him for saying that. Because he's telling you that if you don't have $500,000, he doesn't have the capability to serve you. And I look at that, I look at that from an honesty point of view. You may say, well, uh, is he honest? I don't know if he's honest. I don't know him personally, but the man tells you his position up front. A lot of advisors, you're going to go to, you're not going to know their position. Because they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Yes, they're going to tell you what you know, what you want to hear. But Ken tells you right up. Ken tells you right up, okay? So evaluate people based on people. The generality doesn't help. All right. We're in the studio, 772-221-1100. 772-221-1100. Call us. Oh, my gosh. Patricia set us off here. You know, call us. You know, call us. All right. Let me address the next part now that Patricia mentioned. I'm telling you. Here's the thing. When you go to a financial advisor, as Patricia pointed out, an advisor can tell you about a product and the advisor can tell you about the performance of the product. In the past five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Yes, he can tell you about the past performance. And this is where the statement comes true now. Past performance, not a true indicator of future performance. That is true. So does that mean you can't measure or evaluate what will work? No, you can. Suppose. Suppose. All right. I'm going to take you on a little trip here. Suppose I was to tell you. Suppose. I'm not telling you. But suppose I was to tell you that I could build you a portfolio with the top 25 companies in America. You think that's possible? Yes, it's possible. But here's the truth. You cannot get that at Fidelity. You cannot get it at Schwab. You cannot get it at Merrill Lynch. Because here's what happened. A machine, 
a machine cannot do that because what will happen, it's going to cost too much. It's going to cost too much because for you to get the top 25 companies, you're evaluating because you, you may have a company in the top 25 yesterday and they're not in the top 25 today. You see what I'm saying? So changing this, changing that, putting that, evaluating this, it takes, it, it, it's very, it, 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 it has to be very customized. So think of machine. All right, take stores, Walmart. Walmart is a machine. Guess what Walmart has never promised anybody? And if somebody can tell me this, I, I, I will stand corrected. Have you ever seen an ad from Walmart that says great customer service? Have you ever seen it? If you have, let me know. Walmart says low price. They said low price. So when you go to Walmart and you're expecting great customer service, they never promised you great customer service. They promise you low price. Take another company now, Publix. What Publix says. You have to follow what people say and what they say. You got to believe them. People tell you who and what they are. You got to believe them. What Publix says. Publix says it's a shopping. It's a pleasure shopping at Publix. In other words, they are expecting that if you're shopping there and it wasn't a pleasure, they would like for you to let them know. And I have a good friend who was a regional person at Publix. And I am telling you, Publix stand by certain things that they say. So you have to evaluate these things. You can't generalize and listen to what the people say. So some, but, but, but you know what happened to us sometimes? Sometimes we choose a company or a person. Oh my gosh, and I'm meddling here. <laughs> I am meddling here. And if, if we would take relationships, if we would take relationships, sometimes we want the relationship to be what we want it to be. But we didn't discuss it with the person. We didn't discuss it with the person. I can tell you, I, I am telling you, you know, Solomon said this and I stand on this and because I, I, I stand on my blessings. It says, blessed is the man or woman man, who can claim a good friend. Because good friends are far and few in between. When you're going to tell me that you have 100 good friends, oh my gosh, you're, you're kidding. Somebody tell me, oh, I have 500 Facebook friends. 500 Facebook You have 500 names on Facebook. You don't know 500 friends of uh, friends on Facebook. What, what, what are you talking about? You, you know, I have this number of connections and all of that. Good friends are far and few be, in between. And the person that can claim good friends, that's a blessing from God. I am telling you, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. So, so you got to, you, you, you know, we, we, we have to stop and evaluate things. We have to evaluate things. You know, take for instance, I have a tax business, right? I have a tax business and here, here's, here's a part I'll just even share with you, whereas anytime you're dealing with the public, you have to deal with the public with grace and love. Because here's the thing now. You'll send a 
client a service agreement, right? Yeah, you're splitting a client a service agreement. And your service agreement says X, Y, Z. And it and it show it sends a base and it says plus blah 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 plus blah blah blah. Because when you're gonna do a tax return, you don't know the blah blah blah. Because you don't know what a person has. You don't know what a person has. So sometimes you don't know if a person has one form or two form. I did a I did a tax return last year for a client who happens to be a good friend also. I, you know, all right, let's, we've got a caller. Let's address the caller. Caller, you're on the line. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I have a question on a trust, a revocable trust. Yes. Questions on that? Yes, we can. Okay. The husband and the wife. They're the grantor or the trustee. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them has become incompetent. Mm-hmm. And anyway, can you transfer funds like mutual funds out of that trust to another trust with just the one person's name on it? Great, 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 great question. Because what happens, dear... If both of them are trustee, husband and wife are co-trustees. The fact that they're co-trustee, it doesn't mean that both have to answer. Anyone can answer. Anyone can answer. So the quest, the short answer is yes. It's like you have a bank account, husband and wife, joint account. The wife can write the check, the husband can write the check, and you honor the check. So it's not, it's not um, joint in severity. It's, it's, it's basically unilateral in that sense, whereas either of them can make a decision. That's a great question, but the, and the short answer is yes. Okay. So if you wanted to transfer mutual funds from that trust fund and make a new trust fund with maybe your son or your daughter on it, you can do that. Would there be tax consequences if you sell the mutual funds or transfer the mutual funds, I guess I want to say? Oh, there's always tax consequence when you sell mutual funds. Yes, you you don't you don't transfer mutual funds. It depends on where it is. You can sometimes roll it over. You can roll it over into another account. So yes, sometimes you can roll it over into an account, but the account has to be in the same name that it's being rolled over. Anytime it's going to somebody else. It's a transfer or it considered a sale. So it will have tax consequences. Okay. Say like, I'll just use my name. Say my name's Shirley. Yes. And, and I would be rolling it over into my trust, which I would be making another trust. Yes. But my husband's name wouldn't be on it because he's no longer incompetent, you know, to do anything. Now, if I would just roll those from the trust that I have to another trust, would that would they be taxable? No, that's a rollover. That's considered okay. a rollover. Okay, that's what I was curious to see. Okay. Yes, that's right. a that's a rollover. Okay. All right. I think you answered my question. I thanks. appreciate your help. Thanks, okay. call, thanks for calling, Shirley. And we are always here for you, okay? We are here in the studio, seven seven two 
221-1100. And if we're not here, we're also here for you also, okay? And and, and and I'll give the number. Sometime I get messed up with the number, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> I I will I will give it out. Okay. So, Shirley, okay. thank thank you so much for calling. Have a blessed day. You too. You see that question there? That is just such an awesome question. And um, you know, Shirley didn't ask yet, but that situation is such an interesting situation that I'm gonna. I'm going to give her a tip even though she didn't ask for it because giving her that tip will help some of you. In terms of a trust, right, you have joint trust. You can have a trust with two people, right, husband and wife or, you know, you can have a joint trust with two people. It doesn't necessarily have to be husband and wife, you know, but two people can have a joint trust. Here's what happens a lot of times. So in, in, in that case, she mentioned the grantors. Those initially, when you create a trust, a trust is created by a grantor. And then the beneficiary are the trustees. The trustees of the trust, the first trustees of the trust are the grantors. So husband and wife create a trust. They're the grantors. They are immediately the trustees. Yes, so you have co-trustee. And then what happened, they are immediately also are the beneficiaries. Yes. So when you create a trust, the grantor, the, the trustee, and the beneficiary is three in one. Oh, my gosh, that sounds so exciting. They are three in one. But then now they have some options. They can now create additional beneficiaries. So like husband and wife will now add their children as beneficiaries, right? But here's what's lacking a lot of times in the planning. Husband and wife will add beneficiaries, their children. But you know what, hap- what, what they fail to do a lot of times? They fail to add successor trustee successor trustee because remember it's both of them husband and wife are trustee and sometimes they fail to add successor trustee and what's the problem with not having successor trustee you know what the problem is what if husband and wife die at the same time and you're saying oh my gosh hubert you're thinking crazy are you telling me husband and wives don't die at the same time it does happen. So you're going to say, yes, it happens infrequently. So just because something happens infrequently, you're not going to do it? Why not? It's just as easy to add the co-trustee and the successor trustee. Why don't you do it at the beginning? So this is the part. So because here she says, no, so you have two. You have two trustee. One is now incapacitated. That's what I gather from her. So it's only one making the decision. I hope they have a successor trustee because what hap- what happens that to that trust if both parties get incapacitated and there's no successor? And there's no successor. You know what happens? You know what's the rigmarole there? Because the trust says 
it cannot be transferred until death. So the beneficiaries has no responsibility. They can't do nothing because it's not theirs. Because the trust clearly says, if the trust says this, that these assets are to be transferred to these beneficiaries upon debt. But they're not dead. They're both incapacitated. And you're saying that's infrequent. Yes, but just because it's infrequent, that don't mean you don't make the decision. So, so this was very interesting. So there's a, the trusting can get deep in the sense that a lot of times people will create trust and they'll have two trusts for husband and wife. And sometimes they don't realize that they can have separate trust. Yeah, you can have separate trust. You, you know, in the financial world, when two people in trust, you call it an AB trust where it's both of them. But you can have a trust for A, you can have a trust for B where the beneficiary of A is the trust for B. For, for 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 B and and vice versa and someone will say it's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Think about what Shirley says. She's asking this question because both parties are trustee and she's wanting to know if one can make a decision without the other. If it was separate trust and beneficiary to both. And I'm telling you guys, for those of you who have some assets because there are some things changing with the exemption. The exemption used to be 23 million. That's not so anymore. That's going to change soon, guys. So for those of you who have between 7 and 23 million and you have not made planning, I think you better start looking at doing some planning. Okay? I just want to point that out to you. All right? So, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I just thank you guys. We're in the studio. 772-221-1100. All right? So give us a call. Give us a call. Give us a call. Let us talk. Let us reason. I want to hear your thoughts. What's going on with you? So surely I was stumbling in giving you the number. If you have any further question, you can call. You may call the office at 561-332-1755. 561-332-1755. Any questions, you may call. Okay? All right. So so where are we now with the decision? So we are still talking about the state of the U.S. market. So let's follow on that trend that Patricia set us off. And because here's what's happening, folks. And let's go back to history. Because since we mentioned that history is not a true indication we are now in 2021, right? The, 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 the Dow Jones is the highest it has ever been in the history of America. It's the highest. All right. Here's the reality. If something... So, so, so here's another question. Here's a trivia question again. If the Dow Jones is at the highest it has ever been, does it mean the economy is the best it has ever been? <laughs> it's a kind of trick question, but it's not really a trick question. And there's a lot of arguing or debate about it, whereas you're going to hear people say yes to that without even thinking. They're going to say 
The market is the highest it has ever been. That means we are in the best economy. Well, let me stop and ask yourself. Let's ask yourself. Let's look around our country. Let's look around our country. What do you think about our economy right now? You think the economy is the best it has ever been? And these are questions I'm just throwing out. I'm not even telling you my answer. Do you think the economy is the best it's ever been? Do you know what unemployment is? How much people are unemployed? How many people are even looking for jobs? Because what is happening, here's a challenge that's going on in our country. And it's not even, it's not even, some people try to make it a political statement, but it's not political because here's what's happening. Take, for instance, what's going on with the unemployment. Take, off, take for instance, what's going on with unemployment. We have a caller here. Let's go ahead. <laughs> caller, you're on the line. Thank you for calling. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Hubert, I call to attest to your good character. <laughs> you and your company. Can you can you turn down you're getting a vibration? Can you turn down the phone though? The the, right. the radio. Turn down the radio a little. We we lost that call, I apologize. I think he tried to turn it down and turn it off instead. <laughs> oh my gosh. Call us back, my brother. Call us back. Okay? Call us back. So here's the thing now. Here's the question that you have to ask yourself. The Dow Jones being the highest is our economy being the highest. So evaluate. So here's the catch-22 that's going on. Remember at one time last year, 40 million people had lost their jobs. 40 million people had lost their jobs. So, so you have an economy that's 40, peop 40 million people out of work. When you have such an economy, a government has a challenge. Because here it is, 40 million people out of work. Do you just say, you know what? It, it's <laughs> all right, let's get to the scholar. 